Hello, church. Good evening. Good evening. It is so good to see you in the house of the Lord. I know it's cold out there, but this is a nice, warm place. It's good to see you. Um, Can we all just stand for just a moment? Let's just open with the word of prayer today. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord. We just thank you for the opportunity to come into your house of worship, Lord. We just thank you for the opportunity to stand in your presence and for the opportunity to praise you in your name we pray. Amen. You ready to praise? I don't know about you, but I'm ready to praise. Let's put our hands together. Amen.
Lord, just like that time you sent your son into this world, heaven on earth, we call them Emmanuel, and we thank you for that. Come on, let's continue to worship. Let me sing.
what it's all about. Amen. It's all about, in fact, coming to adore Christ the Lord. You know, we've heard these songs, these Christmas songs since we were kids, and we just thought that they were things that we did as part of our school program or just at this kind, this time of year. But you know, that message of, this, of that song we just sang is, would you come and adore Christ the Lord? And that's what we're here to do today is to adore Christ the Lord. And not just because we're sitting here, not because you're in church, but every place that you go and every step that you take for the breath of life, for the green light, for the good luck, for the job, for the mom, for the dad, for the son, for the daughter. Would you just thank him and adore him? And say, Lord, I am here to adore you and give you all praise and all honor and all glory. Because not only are you the reason for the season, but you are the reason for the very breath of life that I have right now. You are the giver of life, the giver of love, of grace and mercy and peace. And I adore you, Christ the Lord. Would you just join us as we continue to worship? And adore Christ the Lord, because he is worthy of praise. So worthy. But you are worthy. You are worthy. You give life. You are love. You bring life to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken.
we sing that right now, not just because it's part of this song, but because you are great. The miracles 
that are represented by the people in this place, the changed lives, the healed families, the restored finances, the restored marriages, the the healing of body, of sickness, Heavenly Father. All of that has occurred just within the people in this place. But what makes you great is not that just you heal the people in this place, but that you heal the people in this city, that you touch the people in this city, that you restore the people in this city. And that's not just what makes you great. What makes you great is that you touch and restore and heal the people in this state. And that's not what makes you great. It's that you heal, restore, and touch the people of this nation and of this entire world. That makes you the great God. Nothing on heaven and earth compares to how great you are and how humbled we are in this very moment to be standing in your presence because your presence is in fact here. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are. And I know for a fact that you are here in this place. Your presence is palpable, Lord. And we are so humbled to be in your presence right now. Lord, would you prepare our hearts and minds and souls to hear what it is that you have for us today? Because I know that for each person in this place, you have a message of some kind. It may not be the message that we want to hear, but it is the message that we need to hear. Would you prepare us, Lord, to hear that message? Thank you, Lord. For the honor again of just being in your presence. Thank you for how great you are. Thank you for the breath of life and the love and grace that you bestow upon us even though we are not worthy. And it is in your name we pray. Amen and amen. It's so good to see you guys. It's so good to see you guys. Would you guys just turn to someone and say, it is so good to see you in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Good evening, New Beginnings family. How are we doing tonight? Uh, what a time of worship. Give it, up for, give it up for God for showing up tonight. Amen? All right. Well, church, before we begin, church, before we begin, I would like to uh, introduce our sister, Debbie Tate, and she will be giving our Advent reading for this week. Thank you, AJ. Good evening, church. As we gather to worship, we prepare ourselves to sing, to listen, to pray, and to respond. Are we prepared to be surprised? Are we prepared to experience sudden joy? The shepherds were doing what they always had done, watching over their flocks by night, when suddenly there appeared an angel with good news of great joy. 
They were shocked, surprised, intrigued, and some might even say tickled pink. This good news of great joy is for all people. Their follow-up to the manger unleashed their amazement and praise. They told everyone about it, and God was glorified. In this third week of Advent, we light the candle of joy. We are challenged this season to share hospitality with strangers. In doing so, we may be surprised at the angels among us. We may not even realize who they are. But when we feel joy, gladness, and a sense of fulfillment and honor as we extend hospitality. The widow of Zarephath opened her home and her table to the prophet Elijah. The last of her flour and oil shared in obedience, miraculously and joyfully sustained them for many days until the rains came again. The young boy among the 5,000 shared his loaves and fish, then joyfully watched the blessing, the sharing, and the gathering of 12 baskets of leftovers, leftovers from his little lunch. What joy God has for those who love, share, and care for others. Our sharing may, not, may be disguised as time waiting in a long line at the store, eye contact with a stranger, a co-worker, or a neighbor, pausing to listen and moving at a slower pace. Our sharing may include the, the growing anticipation that this season will not make us blue with melancholy, green with envy, red with anger, or white with fear. Rather, what God has in store, what God has in store when we are kind to strangers makes us tickled pink with joy, for we have entertained angels without even realizing it. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God. A generous person will be enriched, and one who gives water will get water. Be prepared for what God has in store. We give glory to God for joy. Thank you, Sister Debbie. Give it up one more time for her. Thank you. Oh, well, church, good evening and welcome to New Beginnings. I'm AJ Cully. I'm one of your worship leaders here at New Beginnings Church. Uh, before we get started, we just have a few announcements for you guys as we close out this year, this 2022 year, as we close out the month, uh, we still have some events going on here at New Beginnings. Um, first of all, the Christmas meal boxes that we've been doing. Today is the last day to register. Again, today is the last day to register for a Christmas meal box. If you would like to give one or if you would like to receive one for your family, uh, registration is still open as of today. Um, but at midnight tonight, it's, it, we're closed. It's closed. Um, we still have a lot of baskets to give. So again, if you want to give one or if you would like to receive a meal basket, uh, registration is open for the last day today. Um, we're going to be giving those out 
uh, meal baskets this coming Saturday, the 17th, um, at 10 a.m., which takes place right after men, the men's potluck breakfast that we're also going to be having. Um, men of God, if you have a breakfast meal or a breakfast dish that you love to make, that you love, and you want to share with your uh, brothers in Christ, cook, cook it up, bring it, and share a meal, share life, share wisdom, encourage one another. As men of God, we, we always need it, um, just as the women need theirs from, from their sisters in Christ, men. <laughs> we, uh, that's going to happen this coming Saturday. It starts at 745, uh, and it will end at 10 a.m., that men's potluck, and then right after that, uh, men, we're going to be distributing those meal boxes to those families who registered for one. Um, so we hope to see you guys there. Also, this coming Friday at 6 p.m. here at New Beginnings Church, we're going to be holding a Christmas social. Uh, we had one last year uh, on a Friday night as well. We had a jazz band here. They came and played some Christmas music, um, and we had some refreshments, uh, just some small drinks and snacks. And not only was it time to just, you know, celebrate Christmas, but it was also a great time to just share life, share what God's been doing in all of our lives, to meet new people, um, here at New Beginnings, we're a family, and that's a great chance to just meet somebody. Um, you'd, you'd be surprised on how much uh, in common you would have uh, with people here at that come. Uh, so that's going to happen this Friday at Christmas Social, 6 p.m. Uh, jazz music, refreshments, and fellowship. We'd love to see you guys here. Um, and then this coming Sunday, December 18th, uh, we're going to be having our Christmas program that evening. So we ha- we'll have our two services in the morning, and then uh, at 6 p.m. that evening, we're going to have a Christmas program. We have a fun, fill, just a time of worship and a message of what Christmas, um, everything that God's been doing for our worship team, our youth, and our kids' ministry, and all the other ministries, um, what uh, birth of Christ means to all of these ministries, and we're going to be uh, playing music, we're going to be worshiping, and so many cool things are going to happen um, at our Christmas program. Again, that's going to be this coming Sunday on the 18th at 6 p.m. I would love, and you know what, it's also a great time if you want to invite someone. This is a time where people, uh, unfortunately, they spend a lot of time alone and they just want to be loved. Invite that person. Invite that person to come and just worship, to come and celebrate Christmas um, with you and just to see what, what the birth of Christ meant to the world and what it means to that person and what it means to you. Um, it's going to be an awesome time, awesome time of worship and message. Um, and that's about it. Uh, church, on behalf of all the pastors and staff and on behalf of all of you here today, We just want to say thank you for your good stewardship and thank you for your giving and your tithing because nothing here at New Beginnings would be possible without that. Not only does it keep the lights on and it helps support all the ministries and missionaries that we support, but it helps our good stewardship and tithing keeps the kingdom of God moving forward. Yes, amen, definitely. It keeps that mission of God um, moving forward, so we just thank you. Um, if you would like to give today, there's a few ways you can do it. You can uh, do text to give. You can do it from our app, uh, NBC ABQ app. You can go to our website, nbcabq.com slash give. Or we also have envelopes outside. If you have a check or cash or whatever, um, 
we have envelopes outside, and then we have drop boxes on your way out today once you're dismissed. Um, so thank you. Thank you again for being here. Uh, let's give a warm welcome to our senior pastor. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, AJ. You know what? It's, uh, it's been an amazing week, and we still have a lot of activities going on, so we're really excited about that. Young people, I want to release the youth to go to their worship class and have a good, good time, and thank you for joining us in worship. Guys, I just want to say once again, thank you for all the partnership in your faithful giving uh, because we did Angel Tree last Friday, and Angel Tree is where we give out gifts to children that their mom or dad are incarcerated, and we were able to help over 400 young people that got a gift. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for uh, Pastor Chris and Sonia's leadership and uh, your partnership doing an amazing job. Uh, second, I want to say thank you for all of you that participated at God's Warehouse. On Saturday, we were able to give out just under 1,000 toys to kids that were there. The final count was 993 kids got gifts and uh, a nice warm meal and a lot of wonderful things. And then thank you to Frontline Resurrection Ministry and us partnering together because we were able to give out coats for children and adults in this, man, and boy, they need it. This week, it's been cold, baby. It's gotten down to 19 degrees at night and uh, 40 during the day, and, and we were able to give out a bunch of coats. And I tell Jesus, uh, I tell people about Jesus every place I go, and, uh, and I go to my doctor's office once a week because they've been doing these leg surgeries on me, getting me ready for the hip surgery. And uh, I, I tell them all about all the ministries that are going on. And so the doctor and some of the nurses and some of the staff there partnered with us and gave us toys for the outreach and coats. And, and I'm like, so tell everybody about Jesus and tell them about what's going on. So this Friday, you have an opportunity to do an outreach with us because every month, once a month, we give out between 12 to 15, 18,000 pounds of food. And we're going to do that again this Friday. So get here at 10 o'clock because I really need your help because we uh, empty all the pallets out, all the food, and we make these boxes, and we're able to give out food to close to 300 families. Uh, it's an amazing gathering time and I hope that you'll be a part of that. Hey, a small gift that we want to bestow upon you is one that's given to us by Impact Nations, a ministry that, that uh, they just got back from Africa, and Cheryl from our church went. Uh, Steve, would you make your way up quickly so that we could tell them of the gift that Steve Stewart is the uh, executive director of that ministry, and he wants to give us a small gift of saying thank you for partnering. Steve, thank you for being here, and tell us what it's all about. So wait, right I, before that, I, I need you to get your camera, your phones out, okay? Get your phones. I need you to get your phone out because I need you to do an URL. There's going to be a, a, a deal up here, and the way you do that, get your camera, and you're going to look at that little square up here, and then a, an outline will appear on your camera. Don't take the picture, but hit the 
the little square, and it'll take you to the link to download what he's going to be talking about. Go ahead, Steve. Wow. You know it better than I do. Um, yeah, I'm just delighted to be back. Uh, Christina and I have been gone all fall with, with Africa and India, and uh, you were missed. I just have a, a small um, e-book that I did for Christmas, and I want to give it to you guys as all. Um, it's, it's, it's only a 1,000 pages, small print. No, <laughs> it's about 40 pages, big print. But it's just a little thing of some things to maybe help you just some contemplation at Christmas. So if you want to take out your phone and uh, take a picture of that. And if you can't get that, they'll have it at the information booth. Uh, you could go by there and to get it up close, and that way for sure everyone could get one. Yeah, that would be great. So I just really want to tell you that I, uh, I started coming here about nine or ten months ago, and uh, it was actually because I came to talk about an event and discovered you guys and... Uh, I just love being part of you, even when we're away. So Amen. bless you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate that. Now, what I really encourage you to do is with this, um, maybe on Christmas morning, uh, right before service, you guys can read the nativity story to your family and start a new tradition or, or Christmas Eve night after the service. But we have a lot of activities coming up, and I hope that you're planning to be a part of it. Hey, well, let's get into the Word. I'm doing this series, and I'm ending it today, called New Horizons. Learning to live different and looking at things differently because we have a tendency to get locked into the way we, we do things. And, and, you know, you only see what you only see. You don't see what's really there sometimes. You see what you're kind of programmed to see, what you've just been used to seeing. And what's the old saying? If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. And, and sometimes we just get into this routine. We get into this repetition. So we don't even see what's really there. It's like sometimes my wife's looking for something or I'm looking for something and, and I'm going, it's right there on the dresser, Cindy. And she's like, I, I, it's not here. It's, oh my gosh, it's not here. Or I'm going, Cindy, it's not there, babe. It's not there. And then I walk in or she walks in and I go, what do you call that? Mira nomás. You must have just put it there now. <laughs> you know, you know, sometimes we don't see things. We don't see things. And, and so what I, what I want us to see is New Horizons and how to see things differently. It's easy to love people you love, amen? Once you love somebody, you just love them. And you, hey, what's up? How you doing? And they come to church. Hey! And so I, hear, I was out there in the mall area, and, and I'm hearing people screaming out, hey, and how you doing? You made it. Hey, you made it. And everyone's yelling out. And, and it's easy to do that when you love somebody. But how do you do it with the unlovable? How do you love unlovable people? How many of you know there's some unlovable people in this world? Amen? Some of you lived with them. Some of you ended up marrying them, or you're dating them, or you gave birth to them, or they're your parents. Now, don't point anyone out, okay? <laughs> Just because, because some people don't even know they're unlovable. Because they've taken on a persona, and they've taken on a personality that's really obnoxious, and it's annoying. And, and sometimes there's people that... Just the minute they walk in, you go like, oh, they're here. Uh, you know what I mean? I don't mean that in an ugly way. Just the reality of it is sometimes people rub you wrong. And I thank God that we're 
we're really not that kind of church. I'm sure that there's some people in church, in this congregation, that are like that, but the majority, people always say, we are the most loving congregation that they go to, and I really believe that with all my heart, and I never want us to change. I was just talking to my staff yesterday in the staff meeting. I, I was telling them about a, 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 a man that was coming to church here, and, and sometimes he would come all decked out, dressed, looking really good, and sometimes he would come inebriated, meaning he'd come drunk, okay? And we never told him, get out of here. What's wrong with you? We just told him, hey, come, come and sit over here next to me and sit where, where you could enjoy the service and we won't interrupt anyone else. We're a congregation that takes you as you are because God takes you as you are. But he loves you too much to let you stay that way. He wants to transform our life. So I want to help us tonight to learn how to love the unlovable. Okay, so I'm going to be in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, starting at verse 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way down uh, through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector of, in the region, and he had become very rich. And he tried to get a look at Jesus, but was too short to see over the crowd. Sometimes you haven't been able to see Jesus because you're too short, because the crowd you're running with is overpowering you from seeing life around you. It's overpowering you from seeing the Lord. It's overpowering you from seeing the things that are going to transform your life. Let's get back to the scripture. I just thought I'd preach a little sermon in between the sermon. So we're at verse 4. So he ran ahead and climbed the sycamore tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus in his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. Man, you know you're bad when you're not just a sinner, you're a notorious sinner. Like notorious B-I-G, okay? You remember that guy? Yeah, some of you. Okay, come back to the sermon, though. Forget about B-I-G, okay? And they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I'll give half of my wealth to the poor. Lord, if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. The Lord responded, salvation has come to this house today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Thank you, Jesus. Father, minister to us tonight. Help us to really understand how to love the unlovable, how to reach the untouchable, how to be able to open our arms to those that have been shunned by the world. I pray in Jesus Christ's name, amen. 
Man, if you're gonna love the unlovable, there's some things we have to do, and we've gotta remember some things. And the first thing is this, that the Savior is looking for us before we're even looking for him. He's looking for us. Jesus has been looking for you. He's been looking for you. And you say, well, here I am. Well, no, you're not. You might be here, but sometimes you're not here. Some of you right now are zoned out someplace, and I'm getting your attention, and you're going, what? Wait, what? What happened? What happened? One time I was at a preacher's conference, and I was with this dude, and this dude fell asleep. So I nudged him, and there were, the pastor was preaching, and I nudged him, and I said, Phil, they called on you to, pray, to close in prayer. So he jumped up in the middle of the sermon, Father, in the name of Jesus. And he just sat down. He goes, I'm going to kill you, dude. So wake up. Jesus is coming. He's passing by. Zacchaeus has heard about him. Zacchaeus is a notorious sinner. He's a messed up dude. This dude has been ripping off his own people. He became the chief tax collector and he's been ripping people off and he's really taken them to town and they didn't just hate tax collectors, but they hated him because he was the leader of the pack. Sometimes it's hard to believe that someone that was so messed up can get transformed by the power of God, amen? Amen. How many times have you seen someone here at church that you used to run with, that you used to party with, that you used to get messed up with, that you used to do your males with, that you used to mess, yet just you were messed up just like them. And they come to church and you go, what's he doing at church? What is she doing here? Look, my brother-in-law, who's my brother-in-law now, he wasn't then, He was dating my sister, and we were college buddies together. We were in the same fraternity together. And my sister calls me, and she goes, hey, I'd like to go visit you and Cindy in Albuquerque. And we go, yeah, that's cool. She goes, can I bring Spanky with me? I go, Spanky? What? Where'd he come in the picture? She goes, I'm dating him now. You're dating Spanky? She goes, actually, we're living together. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Spanky and Jeannie, this isn't good. And I go, yeah, you can come up, but if you're going to stay in our house, you can't sleep in the same bedroom and no hanky-panky while you're here. And she goes, okay. And so she tells, she tells, his name's Joaquin. She tells Joaquin, hey, Richard said that you guys, we could stay at his house, but, but we got to stay in separate bedrooms and, and you know, we can't be messing around while we're there at their house. And, He's, he's a pastor now. He goes, a pastor? What kind of a scam is he playing now? Because I was all messed up. I wasn't a straight shooter. So he's thinking I'm all messed up, and I'm thinking he's all messed up. Don't we have a tendency to kind of judge people? And we have a tendency to look at it, and we think, you know what? What are they doing here? Well, they're looking for Jesus just like you were. But don't you understand? Jesus has been looking for them. That's why Jesus has a way of bumping into you all over the place. Haven't you ever bumped into Jesus every place you go? Even at the bar. You're at the bar, and they tell you about Jesus while they're pouring you a drink. And you're like, wow, man, I can't even get away at Jesus here at the bar. 
I'm telling you, Jesus has been searching for you. He's looking for you. He's opening up doors for you. Look what it says right there in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 47 and 48. It says, as they, they approached, Jesus said, now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. It says, how do you know about me? Nathaniel asked. Nathaniel is walking up towards Jesus and Jesus is saying, oh, look, I know this guy. He's like, how do you know me? I, I, I've never met you. Jesus knows us. He knows what you're up to. He knows your little game. He knows your scam. He knows your little, your facade. He knows the, that mask you hide behind. He knows you. And he's looking for you. Some of you are here tonight for the very first time and you're going, wow. I've never been in a church like this. This is really different. Where are the candles? They don't have candles here. They don't even have kneelers here. Where It's different. They got drums and guitars and bass players and singers and wow, this is different. Are you with me? And they're, they're looking and they're going, how did I end up here? And now all of a sudden you're there going, oh my gosh, I needed to be here. I'm the unlovable one. I'm the one that, man, he's talking about. Look what it says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son Jesus as a sacrifice to take away our sins. That's love. Look what it says in 1 John 4, 19. We love each other because he first loved us. See, that's why we can love, because God loves us, and now he taught us how to love, how to accept people as they are, with flaws and all, amen? Aren't you glad that Jesus takes us warts and all? Aren't you glad he takes us just the way we are? But he starts changing us, and we go, man, I need to change my attitude. And God says, yes, you do. I need to change the way I do things. Yes, you do. But he wants to let us know that he's been searching for us. He's been looking for us. He's been knocking at the door. The word of God says in Revelations 3.17, I stand at the door and I knock. If you've ever seen that picture, take a real good look at that picture next time. There's no doorknob on the outside. You know why? The door has to be open from the inside. You've got to open the door up to Jesus. You have to open up your life and say, Lord, would you come in? He's knocking. Too many of us sing the old song, you keep a knocking, but you can't come in. <laughs> Man, I was watching a TV program. And in the TV program, the, the, the woman actor, actress talks to the, the man and he goes, so you're a churchgoer? He goes, yes, I am. She goes, so you're a religious man? He goes, yes, I am. She said, do you mind that I'm not a religious woman? He says, not, a, not at all. You're the one going to hell, not me. <laughs> I said, oh, my gosh. That's brutal. But the truth is painful sometimes. Jesus is looking. He's searching. He wants to seek you out. Won't you let him say, Lord, here I am. Save me. 
Zacchaeus was looking for him, looking for the Lord. And the whole time he goes, I can't see because of the crowd. Let me ask you something. Is the crowd you're hanging out with keeping you from seeing Jesus? Is the crowd you're hanging out with dwarfing you? Is it making you so small you can't even see Jesus? Because he's right here right now. And he's calling out your name. Zacchaeus ran away. He had to break away from the crowd. How many of you need to break away from the crowd you're hanging out with? You need to break away from the people you've been messing with. You need to break away from the places you've been going to. You need to break away from the literature you've been reading. You need to break away from the music you've been listening to. Is God talking to anybody tonight? I'm telling you. Zacchaeus broke away. And then he positioned himself in a place to see God. He positioned himself in a place to see God. Have you positioned yourself in a place to see God? Because I don't know what's blocking your view. I don't know what's tearing you apart. I don't know what's making you see different things. But I'm telling you tonight, Jesus is saying, here I am. And I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you, not in in a way of saying, I'm coming to get you. No, he said, oh, baby, I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to save you from your own self. I'm coming to take you to a better way of living, uh, elevate your way of thinking, elevate your way of doing life. And I bring you to the second thing. If you and I are going to love unlovable people, we need to understand that when the Savior calls, we come to him. Man, Zacchaeus broke away. Zacchaeus went up, uh, up on a branch because they, he was a little person. He was a midget. We're not supposed to call him midget, so I'm going to take that back. <laughs> he was a little person. So he climbed up a tree. I want to see him. I don't want anything to distract me from seeing my Jesus. And he's looking for Jesus, and Jesus goes, hey, Zacchaeus. He's like, what are they? how does he know my name? Do you know Jesus knows your name? Do you know Jesus knows who you are? Do you know Jesus knows where you are? He knows if you've been hang- hanging out and hiding out, and he knows if you're seeking him. And tonight, if you came here and you're up in that branch, think you're all safe and nobody notices, Jesus is saying, I see you, baby. I see you. I see you online right now. I see who who you are. I see you on the other side of the world. Some of you are signing on from the other side of the world right now. There's usually somebody that signs on from Dublin, Ireland. I hope you're here tonight. By the way, my wife is Irish. Well, she's got Irish blood in her. Her grandma and grandpa were from there. Listen to me. No matter where you are, Jesus already knows. And he's there with you. And he's calling out to you. And when he calls, we come. He, there's something about his call that you just go, oh, thank you, Lord. Finally, my daddy's here. You ever heard a kid fall down in the playground and they're crying and they're wailing and they're just seeking and they're going, ah! man, there could be 25 kids out there, but that mama that knows her baby's voice is born, Shoom! and they get up and run over there and they go and get their baby and they go, come here, baby. And that baby comes to them because they know that they're going to come to the father. They're going to come to their mama. They're going to come where they're going to get help. Jesus is calling out and Zacchaeus is like, whoa. 
How do you know my name? And he says, Zacchaeus, I gotta be a, I've got to be a guest in your house tonight. Zacchaeus didn't go, uh, well, you know, uh, e, man, uh, let me, give me, give me an hour to clean my house because there's some magazines I don't want you to see. There's some movie channels I don't want you to get a hold of. I don't want you to get a hold of my remote because you might end up turning on a station I don't want anyone to know I have. What would you have to hide from Jesus? And Jesus said, no, 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 Zacchaeus, you don't understand. When I show up to your house, I do the cleaning. I clean out what you don't need to have in your life. I'm gonna take care of it for you. You see, in the, God, in, the, in, in, in the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah chapter 66, verse two and three, it says, my hands have made both heaven and earth and, they ha- and, and everything in them are mine. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will bless those who, are, who have humble and contrite hearts who tremble at my word. But those who choose their own way, delighting in their detestable sin, will not have their offerings accepted. Oh, they'll act, oh, they'll play the part. Oh, look at me, look at me. And God's saying, get out of here, man. Don't you know I know a fake? When such people sacrifice a bull, it is no more acceptable than a human sacrifice. When they sacrifice a lamb, it's as though they had sacrificed a dog. When they bring an offering of grain, they might as well just offer the blood of a pig. When they burn incense, frankincense, it's as if they have blessed an idol. In other words, Jesus is saying, don't you get it? God is trying to get us to understand, you can't fake me out. You might know all the words of the song. You might know when to raise your hand, sit down, kneel down, jump up, jump down, amen, hallelujah, worship God, worship God. I love Jesus, and you're full of sin. You're just a liar. You're playing a part, and you're a good actress. You're a good actor. You ought to get an Academy Award. But let me tell you, God's not impressed. God's going, I know exactly what's going on. I'm calling out to you. That's why it's so important that you remember the words of Moses when God told him in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 and 20, he says, today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make and oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land of the Lord, sworn to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he's saying, you know what? Quit playing the game. Quit trying to scam Jesus. Because he knows, he knows. So he's calling, and when he called, you come. You say, oh, yes, Lord, here I am, send me. And I bring you the third thing I want to bring to you, our attention, that if you and I are really going to love the unlovable, we need to understand that the Savior 
wants to change our lives, not just our tune. He doesn't want to just change your little tune. He wants to change your life. He doesn't want to just change the way you sound and the way you sing and the way you talk and the way you walk, but he wants to transform your life and turn you inside out, upside down. He wants to take you and make you brand new, and he wants to make you into his image because we are made in the image of God, and he says, move over because here I come. I want to make you new. I want to transform you. Look what he says right there in Luke chapter 19, verse 8. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor. Lord, if I have cheated people on their taxes, he had. But if I have, yeah, you have. I will give them back four times as much. That's how much he was ripping people off. They owed 100 bucks and he charged them four. They'd go to exchange money and they'd give him a dollar and he'd give them back three quarters. Like, man, dude, you're ripping people off constantly. He's saying, Lord, 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 I'm going to change my tune. I'm not, I'm not going to just say the same old song, same, same old song. I'm going to change the way I'm walking. I'm going to change the way I live. I'm going to change because I've been transformed. I've been washed by the blood of the lamb. I've been delivered from those ways of scamming people and messing people over. Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of your, of your game? Aren't you tired of, of your little movida? You know what you're doing. You know all the right things. Oh, righteous one. Oh, praise the Lord, man of God. Oh, woman of God. Oh, righteous one. Oh, I, I could quote the word of God. And you quote it left and right, but you don't live it. You're speaking out of one side of your mouth and you're living out of the other. And God is saying, don't you understand? I want to bring transformation. Don't you understand? I want to change your tune. I want to transform your life so that you know what? You'll be completely new and completely different and completely transformed. I want to do this for you, and I can do it in a supernatural way if you just make yourself available to me. Don't you understand? I can transform lives. Look what he says in Psalm 51. This is after King David had sinned, and he's finally confessing, and he says in verse 17, the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentive heart, O God. He wants a contrite heart, a heart full of contrition where you feel like, what have I done? Sometimes people confess, all right, all right, God, okay, you got me. They confess to their husband or wife, all right, all right, all right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They confess to their mom or dad, all right, all right, I lied, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's not confession, that's not brokenness. That's just trying to shut somebody up. Okay, okay. I'm like, what do you want from me? You want blood? No, Jesus already gave his blood for you. I just wish you covered yourself with it because you are lost. You are trying to pull a scam and you don't even realize that. You are so lost, you don't even know how far off the map you are. It's sad because we literally fool ourselves. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 21 through 24, it says, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, 
Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Listen to this. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. He's saying, I want you to be like me. I want you to follow my steps. I want you to take on my persona. I want you, man, Christmas is right around the corner. Did you know that? You know it's only 12 days away? And and some of you are saying, man, I don't want any other kind of clothes unless it's fashion name brand clothes. Oh, my gosh. I guess I got to go to the flea market this weekend. Because they sell stuff there with the real name brand, but we won't talk whether it's real or not, but it's the real name. They call them knockoffs or ripoffs or something off. (laughs) But see, because we're trying to impress somebody. We're spending money we don't have to impress people we don't know. For what? For what? God wants to transform you. He he doesn't want to just change your tune. He wants to transform your life. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, a new creation, a new creature. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Live it to the glory of God. Live it to the glory of God. Live it to the glory of God. But really, the last thing I want to say is that if you and I truly are going to love the unlovable, we need to remember that the Savior sees even the worst of us, the worst of us, as simply lost. See, the Savior doesn't say, like, oh, they're like, they're like lost, lost, lost. We, we categorize people, don't we? We look at people and we say, oh, man, they're all messed up. Dude. They're, like, they're like beyond, they're, they're too far gone. Look, when I finally got saved, I finally realized that in, in college, we went, Cindy and I went to UTEP, and we were in the band. And I was in a fraternity, and they, but there were some guys that were Christian. I didn't really know they were Christians. They never said they were Christians, and they just kind of isolated themselves and pulled away from everybody and looked at us like, you bunch of no good for nothing, lost sinners. But they never told me about Jesus. Never, 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 never. So when I got saved, I called one of them because he's a pastor now. And I go, Charlie, dude, this is Richard Mansfield. He goes, what? What are you calling me for? I go, dude, I became a Christian. He goes, What? I go, why didn't you ever tell me about Jesus? He goes, I thought you were too far gone. Aren't you glad someone didn't give up on you? Aren't you glad someone crossed the line and said, I love you in spite of what you are and who you are and what you say and what you've done because Jesus sees you just as lost or found. He doesn't say, no, no, they're like too far gone. No, 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 don't waste your time on those guys. They're the too far gone. Thank you, Jesus, that there's not a too far gone list in his life. 
Thank you, Jesus, that he just sees you as lost or found. He came to seek and save that which was lost. He didn't say, Zacchaeus, you're like lost, lost, lost. Like in some of the way they talk here in Albuquerque, he was lost in it. He was lost in it. No, it's not such a word. It is here in Albuquerque. He, man, I was lost in it, man. The Lord got a hold of me because I was all lost in it. I was, I was lost in it. Because some of us know we were lost in it. Everyone had given up on us. But Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Look what it says in Luke chapter 15, verse 32. We had to celebrate this happy day when the prodigal son came home. For your brother was dead and came back to life. He was lost and now he is found. Yeah, it doesn't matter how bad you were. It's how good you're going to be. You were dead and now you're back to life. Let me tell you something. There's no thing as like dead, dead, dead people. If you're dead, you're what? You're dead. Oh, no, he's like dead to dead. Oh, yeah, well, that guy is dead too. No, but that guy's died. He just died not too long ago. That guy's dead, 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 dead. Dead is dead. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he dies, will live. And he who believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And I do, I do, I do. He's calling us out of the darkness and into the light. He's calling us as treasures out of darkness. He's calling us his elect, his chosen, a chosen generation. He's saying, don't you know how much I love you? I love you enough to die for you. Oh, he loves you. And he loves me. Luke 15, verse 7. In the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. But man, sometimes people that have backslid. They've gone back to live their old way, and all of a sudden, they come to church, and people, instead of saying, welcome, welcome, God, it's good to see you. Some people go, oh, it's about time you make it back. Where have you been? Where do you think they've been? The same place you used to go. You ought to rejoice they came back. Not, oh, what do you want now? Oh, my gosh. Don't you feel like just slapping people that say that? Of course, in a Christian kind of way, you know. No, we need to show them love. The unlovable, the detestable, the notorious sinner. Love them back into the kingdom. Love them back into the presence of God. So church, tonight, I want to invite you to ask God to tenderize your heart for the lost. There's family members that aren't talking to each other. They live in the same city. Some live in the same house, and they don't talk to each other. I talk to people, and I go, oh, you have a sister? Yeah, but, well, I guess I do, but we haven't talked in years. I have a brother. We don't, well, I mean, we don't talk. Oh, my goodness, pick up the phone, text them, write them, email them, do something. 
Let them know, you know what? God bless you. Let them know, you know what? Even though we live different lives, I love you. Jesus loves you. Reach into their life. Reach in and touch them. Let them know how much you love them. Let them know how much you care. Today, would you place yourself and position yourself in a place where God can reach you and touch you? And if you have never surrendered your life to the Lord, and today you want to do that, just raise your hand and say, Pastor, I've never prayed to receive Jesus. I want to do that today. Is there anyone here? Then I, I just want us to pray that God would tenderize our hearts, that he would prepare our lives to enter into his presence. So would you stand with me? Because I want to pray for us that God would help us look at people through his eyes and no longer ours. That we reach deep into their brokenness and we help them find healing for their broken lives. So I don't know if there's something you need to lay down at the altar, maybe some bitterness towards someone. Maybe you're going to pray for someone that you've been praying for a long time and you want to ask God to help you to help them find God's love. Today, if you want prayer, make your way up. We won't be long this any longer. But we want to just cry out to God and say thank you. Sing this out. Sing this out. And then we'll close in prayer. Sing it out as a prayer. Surrender it to God right now. Just give it over to Him. Oh, mm-hmm. 
Let us sing and let us pray and let us rejoice. Father, thank you. Thank you, God, that you loved us when we were at our worst. When we were at our worst, you just saw us as lost. You didn't gauge how bad we were. You just said that they need to be found. And you reached into our brokenness and you reached into our lives and you healed our brokenness and you forgave our sin and you made us new. You just didn't change our tune. You transformed our lives. And for that, we rejoice and we thank you, Lord, and we praise you for who you are and what you've done. So, Father God, take us where we are right now and take us to a new way of living, a new level of living, a new way of talking and walking and sharing and loving and caring. And that, God, we could be the church of the living God, that, Father, people would find you here every time they walk through the doors. Father God, I pray that, Lord... As we pray to the north and the south and the east and the west, you bring people in, Lord God, that are broken and hurting and need Jesus, and that, Lord, they would find him right here amongst us. We love you, Lord. We thank you. And we pray blessing and healing over broken bodies and sick lives. And we pray, Father God, that you would mend relationships and renew, Lord God, the broken. And I pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen and amen. Tomas, I want to hand these to you. I need you to stand at that back door. And what I'm giving you guys, Pastor Chris Cleveland has one. Tomas has one. This is called the 12 Days of Christmas Outreach Ideas. It starts today because in 12 days we get to Christmas. And they're just different things to just give you a challenge to do some things to minister to your neighbors and your family and your friends. I hope you'll take these and do these, if not at least one or two on the list. God bless you. We will see you again Friday morning for the outreach, Friday night for the social, and Saturday morning for the men's breakfast. God bless you.